Morning, friends. Jared is serving me by putting the table up here this morning, but on Friday night, the competitive nature of that young man came to the fore. He tried to kick me off the chair while we were doing an icebreaker. We were at Life Matters, and uh, he's competitive, <laughs> and he was pushing the boundaries of what's acceptable and what is not acceptable, and there were moments that we, he was almost cheating. I say almost cheating because we called him in time and said, Jared, you are cheating. You can't do that. And he, <laughs> I must admit, I did try and kick him off his chair a few times. So, uh, <laughs> so I can't claim to be innocent, but we had great fun with the young folk on Friday night. I just wanted to remind us again, church, if we don't know it already and you haven't recognized it, we're a moment that we had with the young folk over the last three weeks. And we tackled topics like singleness. The big one, sex. Uh, big one, Friday night, gender identity. You might wonder, why do we tackle these topics? Because they're hard-hitting topics. The reality is, if we're not speaking to our young people about these things, they will listen to the opinions of the world. We'd rather give them a handle of truth they can pin their lives to and find hope in that. So that's the reason why. So we hope your kids didn't come back scarred. We hope they came back more in love with Jesus and understanding that He's got a plan and a purpose for their lives. And uh, we went through the material, and uh, it was all God-honoring. It was an amazing moment with them. So thank you, young guys, for tolerating older people in your space on the Friday night. I trust we didn't embarrass you. We did do on Friday night. We had Strictly Come Dancing. We had a ballroom dance. I didn't dance because I got two left feet. But we did have a professional dancer just illustrate. So they've had fun, been an amazing time. So this morning, we're going to tackle this topic of obedience. So under the umbrella of our preaching theory, a series called Thrive, we're going to be looking at obedience, which leads to opportunity. So that's the title of my message, Obedience Leads to Opportunity. And uh, anyone had the experience of planning a journey? And you're planning something to go somewhere, to end up somewhere, and you don't actually end up there. It looks totally different. <laughs> it happens in life. And sometimes we think they're random and inexplicable uh, occurrences. But sometimes we're not really aware that the Holy Spirit is the one that's working in the background, prompting us and pushing us in certain directions. And when he does, it always, I believe, leads to life, a place where we can thrive. But when we listen to our own voices and we try to plan our own route and our own journey and our own things, I've seen just some negative consequences of that. Not always, but generally it does happen. And so many of our plans or our journeys that we plan in life are based around one of two different scenarios, aren't they? What seems good to me, I'll do it. Or being led by an inner voice that leads and guides you. We're going to look at that inner voice this morning, the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And uh, being, just listening to this inner voice, the Bible speaks about it. Paul highlights it in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. Please take notes. Not because I have something important to say, because Jesus is speaking to us by His Word. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, Paul writes, He's assuming that we are living by the Spirit, by the way, if we are those who follow Jesus. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us, please say with me, let us, 
So in the us, it's not just your neighbor that the Bible is speaking to. It's us together. That means there's a personal response. So I would like to say, since I'm living by the Spirit, let me follow the Spirit's leading in every part of my life. Cannot underestimate or ignore the importance of a Spirit-led life. Not only when we keep in step with the Spirit or being led by the Spirit, do we uh, experience the wonder of the fullness of the life of God through His power, but other people's lives are influenced by that same work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we're going to see that just now. And so uh, today, I don't believe as a family, personally, Shelley and I, I don't believe we'd be living in this incredible adventure that we are currently living in in the city being part of this amazing family called Bay City Church, if we weren't led by the Holy Spirit to come to the city. And so many, many years ago, many, many, many years ago, I've got to dig deep into the recesses of my memory. I'm over 60 now, and I find it takes me a little bit longer to remember stuff. And there's some who can identify with that. But many years ago, I think in 2003, we started a dream about a place that we could go to to show the life of Jesus too. So we were headed, long story short, we were headed for Kenya, for Nairobi, thought that we're going to end up in that city and we're going to plant a church. And so we were pretty sure that we, <laughs> we had the right location. And anyway, we went to Nairobi and we spent some time there looking, but the doors didn't open. Doors closed for us in that city. So we recognized, well, maybe that's not the place. And so the Holy Spirit led us to Port Elizabeth. 2004, this church was planted, and we have today the privilege of doing life leading of the Holy Spirit's voice. I don't know that we would be standing here today and seeing all your beautiful faces. And you meant to say, and yours, Nick. <laughs> anyway, I thought I'd just throw that in there. Yeah? <laughs> oh, oh, do we have to look at your face again? But anyway, <laughs> Shelly, yes, but Nick, no. <laughs> Is that what I heard you in the front row? <laughs> I might be getting old, but my hearing is still strong. <laughs> Are we disappointed? Not at all. Not at all, because we believe that we'd followed the leading of the Holy Spirit to this incredible city. So A.T. Pearson, he writes a book, The Acts of the Holy Spirit. And in fact, that book of Acts is the Acts of the Holy Spirit, not the Acts of people, not the Acts of disciples. It's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And we read the book of Acts through that perspective. But A.T. Pearson, in his book called The Acts of the Holy Spirit, he calls this process double guidance. It might seem like a fancy two words, but, it, but this is what double guidance is. Prohibit, prohibition with restraint. Okay? Prohibited with restraint and permission with, const, with constraint. So in other words, to simplify it, you are forbidden in one direction, but you're invited to another. So uh, we wanted to go to Nairobi. Doors closed, prohibited, but we were invited by the Holy Spirit, to come to this great city and be part of this great church. Invited on this journey with the Holy Spirit. Double guidance. Prohibited, invited. And I think sometimes we wrestle with that in our hearts, don't we? We wrestle with this issue of double guidance. 
And unless we are led by the Spirit, we will always lean towards what we want, where we want to go, do what we want to do. But the Holy Spirit, if we listen to His voice and we are led and we live by the Spirit, He closes some doors for us, not just to protect us, but also because He's got something better for us on the other side of our own plan. And He invites us into that journey with Him. And so in our journey, Holy Spirit restrained us from going to Kenya, but invited us to Port Elizabeth. Simple. Can I just say this morning that the Holy Spirit is not a joy killer? <laughs> Was my joy stolen because I didn't go to Kenya? No. I still, we still had this desire to plant a church. God led to this beautiful city to plant the church. And we're experiencing the joy of being part of what the Holy Spirit invited us to do. He closes some doors and he invites us through others. Always, not just for us, but for God's specific purposes, big picture. And very often we make life all about ourselves. Holy Spirit, it's all about me. Actually, it's not all about you, sir, ma'am. This is a wake-up this morning. It's not just all about you. Can I say that there's a world out there that needs to hear the gospel, that needs to experience the life of Christ, and he wants to use you, irrespective of your age. We told the young guys on Friday night that you are not the next generation. You are the now generation. And Jesus is wanting to use you now, right now, to influence the areas that you get to live, breathe, and do life with people. And so he closes some doors, he invites us through others. And first it's about personal revelation, so that we might know more of him, to know Jesus, know the fullness of his grace, know the fullness of his power, know the fullness of what we have access to through him. And the other part of that is so that we might make him known, that others might see the demonstration of God's power through our lives. So it's always those two tensions. And so God closes some doors, He opens others, so that we might learn about Him in that process of closed doors and others opening, but also in that others would see this amazing Jesus and His life demonstrated to other people. Amen? Amen. Much of the New Testament, He lived by conviction of being Spirit-led. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 to 5. I love this heart of Paul as he explains just something of his own call and purpose in Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 4 to 5. This is what he says, and my message and my preaching were very plain. (laughs) Now Paul knew some stuff about the law. He knew some things about Jesus, but he says the way that I communicated it, the way I expressed it, the way I taught about him, the way I lived my life was plain. He says, rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, I did this. I did this. The power of the Holy Spirit. A Spirit-lived life. We live like this so that you would not trust in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Consider the influence of human wisdom for a moment. And I just looked at two topics, and I'm not highlighting them to give them airplay. I'm just saying that man's wisdom gets us into trouble. That's a reality. We look at marriages for a moment. Just two years ago, Stats South Africa recorded that four in ten divorces came from marriages that did not make their tenth anniversary. Four out of every ten marriages 
ended in divorce before their 10th anniversary. Why do an alpha marriage course? For that very reason. Holding out the word of life. This woke culture that's so prevalent in our society. Doctrine of this culture is that one's feelings are more important than truth. How's that going for us? Living by feelings. This generation that is so cause-driven, protesting, rebelling against every perceived injustice that does not drive their personal agenda. It's a mess. What's the hope for that generation? This generation is a gospel. And just maybe God wants to use you and me to reveal His power, His truth to them. I'm not using this pulpit as a platform to preach against the world culture. But I'm rather using it as an opportunity to hold out the word of life, the gospel, which brings life. Because I believe that where His truth, Jesus, where His truth is preached, where His truth is believed, where His truth is established, where His Spirit is leading people, we will thrive. We will thrive. Where His power is at work, we will thrive. And I believe where He thrives, society flourishes. Amen? Do you believe that? We have, in these times, church, not just the elders or the leaders or the evangelists amongst us, you and I, please say, me, <laughs> have an incredible opportunity to make Christ known. To walk in the footsteps of faith pioneers who have gone before us. And this morning we're going to look at two men. Just a snapshot in the context of life that's gone before us. Of two men, Paul and Silas, who unlocked doors, incredible doors of opportunity. Why? Because they were super apostles? No, they were simply spirit-led. Turn with me please to Acts chapter 16. We're going to read from verses 6 to 9. And so we're going to look at this issue this morning of double guidance. Because here we see it at work in the lives of Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas, we're reading from verse 6, Acts 16, traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia. Because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Okay, One direction, thinking, honorable thinking, wonderful, let's go and share that. I have a plan. I'll map it out. And on that journey, encounter with the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit says, hang on, I've got another plan for your lives. Bigger picture. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. I'm pronouncing these names well. I've got my teeth in today. They're difficult names to pronounce when you don't wear teeth. <laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> but again, but again, but again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there, restrained. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. There, that's in Troas, that night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia, 
in northern Greece were standing there pleading with them, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided. That decided is not like, well, I'll wait for circumstances to fall into place. I'll just get everything sorted out and then we'll go. But I'll first go there. Then maybe if that door's open, I'll go. No ways. Holy Spirit spoke. They went. So having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Restrained, invited. Restrained, invited. And so closing this door to Asia for Paul and Silas is not a negative experience, as we will see a little bit later on. The Holy Spirit's guidance through a vision has a very fruitful outcome. So we can learn our own lessons from this account with regard to our own context. You see, instead of pursuing opportunities that... Uh, we might think of good plans, in inverted commas, and persisting and trying to make them happen, just consider for a moment that God might be closing some doors and there is something else that He's inviting you into. Just consider that for a moment. Paul's vision was not for a man. Came in the form of a man calling, a man from Macedonia. But the vision that he had was for a city. Philippi, key city. Philippi was a key city. It was a doorway to Europe. And so God knew, listen, you can go on your journey, you can go there, but your influence and your impact went up to you. And so going to Philippi was a call to the northern Greece, which would open up, a door into Europe. Unreached at that time. Not yet evangelized. Acts chapter 16 verse 12. Paul says we reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony and we stayed there several days. Open door to share the gospel. See, it was from Europe that the gospel would significantly advance into all nations. It's worth noting for a moment, the majority of today's active missionary societies were birthed in Europe. America, who sent many missionaries across the world today, was opened through missionaries that came from Europe. I'm grateful to the Moravian Church. I'd have heard about the Moravian Church. Moravian Church small in the context of members, but they reached 28, 28 different nations were impacted through the gospel in 28 years. That's a nation a year impacted through the gospel. Not the size of a church that impacts and influences a city. It's the size of the vision that a person has. What's your vision? What's my vision in terms of our purpose in life? Are we making our plans? Are we been invited into something that the Holy Spirit is calling us to. What's our yes for? Question. Holy Spirit obedience leads to opportunity. Let's go to Acts chapter 16. I'm going to read 18 verses. Read with me. It's just an incredible account. So remember, Paul had a vision of the man from Macedonia, concluded that God was calling them to a city, Philippi. So they go to that city. That's a context. Constraint, prevented from going into Asia, called to Europe. That's a context of their call. 
Acts chapter 16, verse 16. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God. Now she is inhabited by a demon who gives her the ability to fortune-tell. So even inhabited by a demon, she recognizes that these men are spirit-filled. They are telling you the way to be saved. <laughs> Amazing, eh? She kept this up for many days. Eventually, Paul, I think, gets exasperated by being followed by this girl. And uh, she kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, not in the name of his ministry, not in the name of the church, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. Verse 19. This is the effects of that ministry. When the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities, and that would be the Roman magistrates. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews, and throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. Verse 22, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. Paul later speaks about that, and I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, when he talks about his hardships for the sake of the gospel. He refers back to this moment. It wasn't a once of flogging, by the way, three times. He says, three times I was flogged, body broken. And after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was put them in the inner cell, fastened their feet in the stocks. Verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas, body broken, bleeding, they probably chained, okay, in a cell, responded to the call of God, invited by the Holy Spirit to go to Philippi to preach the gospel, has resulted in them lying in a cell, imprisoned. And they were praying, and they were singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. All at once, everyone's chains. Please say with me, everyone. It's not just Paul and Silas. Everyone. Every single prisoner locked up with them for whatever deed they had done, freed. Opportunity, influence. There was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open. Everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up. He imagine he got a scrick, that oak. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself because he knew he knew that his head was going to be because he hadn't looked after the prisoners. He was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. Opportunity. <laughs> the jailer called for lights, rushed in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and he asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. Amazing. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds, and immediately he and his family were baptized. Verse 34, the jailer brought them into his house, set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. Incredible account. Incredible account. Obedience leads to opportunity. See, the exorcism of the slave girl results in the source of the income of her owners also being exorcised. No more money coming their way. No more income. That very act, they hide behind uh, an aspect of Roman law where, where it says that you, you cannot advocate, you cannot preach, you cannot teach any other custom or religion unless it's been sanctioned by the Roman authorities. And so their money's been stolen now because the slave girl can no longer tell people's fortune. She's been saved. She is now sold out for Jesus. So what she proclaims now with her life is Jesus is Lord. No longer being exploited by these slave owners. And so Paul and Silas get charged for a false, <laughs> for a false charge, causing a disturbance. I don't know about you, but when we're invited by the Holy Spirit, when God invites us on a journey, don't you want to be those in that journey that cause a disturbance for the gospel? Or do you just want to go through the motions of life, just eating, sleeping, eating, sleeping, no impact, no purpose? They charged Paul and Silas for causing a disturbance, introducing customs, religion, foreign to Roman life, which is a crime not sanctioned by the state. It is going to cause a disturbance. And I, I, I want to cause a disturbance that disrupts this culture that is pervasive in our society today, that it's all about me and it's all about my feelings. No, it's all about him. It's all about him. All about him. All about him. All about him. And sometimes the doors that we choose or trying to break through are doors that are about us. Not about us this morning. That's his message. It's not about us. It's about the glory of God. It's your experience, experiencing the majesty and the wonder of this King Jesus, who is so magnificent. And as you experience him and you walk in his absolute incredible goodness and power you get to demonstrate to this world that is so confused and mixed up that there is a king who wants to bring his life to bear he wants to turn back this negative tide of divorce in our city young people that are listening to opinions of their peers getting themselves into trouble because of those opinions. Live free. And the only way to freedom is the gospel. And how will they know unless we tell them? How will we know unless the Holy Spirit leads us into spaces and places 
and gives us prominence. And I use that word prominence in inverted commas, where we have a voice that tells them there is another way. There is another king, and it's not you. His name is Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm passionate about the gospel. Expect, when we go into these spaces, when we walk through these doors, expect some pushback. And that's what we read here. Pushback, pushback. Paul and Silas holding out the word of life, pushback. And when young people, when we start engaging with this woke culture, expect some pushback. But no one thing. If Jesus has led you to be bold, as Jesus has led you and invited you under the leading of the Holy Spirit into spaces to hold out the word of life, he will protect you in that space. We see that with Paul and Silas, don't we? In prison. But they're under the protection of God. Yeah, life was uncomfortable. Paul says those are momentary troubles in the light of the glory of the gospel. He said, we don't mind walking through these doors. Why? Because Jesus is being made known. How can someone endure this kind of punishment? See, Paul and Silas in that moment, they could have thought back to the moment that they got the vision, Holy Spirit leading, to go to Macedonia. could have thought back to that moment and said, geez, I'm sorry. And I said, yes. And begin to blame God for their predicament. They don't. Midnight. Their bodies are broken and bleeding. And they're lying on a prison floor, probably wet, cold, and dank, and dark. And they are praising God. Praying. Worshipping Him. And in that moment, what is revealed? God's power. Boom. Chains come off. And in that moment, it's not just about them. There is a community around them, a Roman jailer who has access to other soldiers, who has a family at home. And as he receives the gospel, as he receives redemption through Jesus Christ, he goes and tells them what has happened to him. Holy Spirit led obedience, opportunity to hold out a word of life. And just maybe, I'm not saying that you'll end up in prison. I pray not. But it might just be, how are we going to respond? If I'm chained to a floor kicking against the authorities who said, don't say this, don't do that. Behave yourself. Just a thought. Circumstances, they thrived. They thrived because they saw God's power at work. Not only their chains, but the chains of others. Psalm 42, verse 8. Maybe music team can come up. Here's an amazing and incredible truth. Psalm 42, verse 8. Please say with me every day. There's a church in East London called Everyday People. I want to say we're an everyday people, not in terms of name, but in how we live our lives. Everyday people who every day have an opportunity, who every day have an opportunity to hold out the word of life. We every day have an opportunity to, to make choices and decisions, to walk through doors that Jesus opens for us. And we might not just ourselves experience the wonder of God, but others get to see the wonder of God demonstrated through us. Psalm 42, verse 8. But each day, every day, 
The Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. David writing. <laughs> and through each night, I sing his songs, praying to God who gives life. Each day, each day, each day, as we make decisions, each day, as we take our choices, each day, the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me and through each night, irrespective of where we find ourselves. Maybe those decisions, those choices might have led us, if we've responded, if we've responded to the leading of the Holy Spirit and has led us to, to tough moments, God's love is with us. Can I also say that if we walk through doors, that maybe the Holy Spirit hasn't led us. And the consequence of walking through those doors have brought some pain and hardship. God's love is with you. And He's willing to redeem that bad choice. And He doesn't redeem that bad choice and say, get on with making bad choices. He redeems that bad, bad choice. He says, now make some good decisions. Walk in the power of the Spirit. Be led of the Spirit and walk in the life that I want to release to you. Please stand with me. Someone said this, a wise man, said the eye of faith, the eye of faith, which believes in a gracious, sovereign God, sees probabilities as He, God, works all things together for good. Because two men, friends, because two men responded to the, healy, the leading sorry, of the Holy Spirit. A church is planted in Philippi. Not only is the church planted in Philippi, but Europe gets open to the gospel. It began with two men who responded to a vision from God. And they met a slave girl. They met a wealthy woman, Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. So I didn't have time to read that. And they encountered a Roman jailer. Wealthy woman, slave girl, Roman jailer. They couldn't be poles apart in society. But the power of God breaks in, redeems, reconciles. They are freed. Church is planted with these three people thriving. When you read the book of Philippians, see how Paul speaks with love about that church. And maybe this morning you can put yourself in one of those categories. And I want you to say to you, if you do, whether a wealthy woman, slave girl, or Roman jailer, however that fits for you, God is saying to you, I'm wanting to use you to usher in my kingdom. I'm inviting you by the power of my spirit on a journey of adventure. Will you walk in it? Father, maybe you can just... Open up our hearts for a moment. Just press pause. How precious is the blood of Christ. Father, this morning, for us, your church, I thank you that we have been reconciled for purpose. Not recycled. Reconciled for purpose. Each person, young, in between old, every single person has a purpose in this life. And that purpose is not just to steal oxygen. That purpose is to live in the wonder of a life surrendered to Jesus, recipients of His power, able to receive His goodness and His love. 
but we also get to demonstrate what we have received. Freely you have received, freely give. And you're calling us, inviting us on this journey of faith to make this King known to this world. Father, I pray for folk firstly this morning. We have maybe chosen to walk through doors. Those doors have led to pain and hardship and struggle, barrenness. Pray right now that the chain of that decision that has bound them be broken in Jesus' name. And they would find freedom in you, Jesus, to dare to live, to dream, and to risk in you again. But I pray, Jesus, that as those chains are broken by the power of your name, that the power of the Spirit would inhabit their hearts and their minds, and they would recognize your leading and be surrendered to your leading in their lives. For those of us that are dreaming, Jesus, of a, a moment of being a change agent in this world, pray, Jesus, that you would give us visions, dreams, opportunities to walk through doors that would bring glory to the name of our living God, Jesus Christ. Jesus, Jesus, be glorified in and through every life in this room. Holy Spirit, we just pause in your presence for a moment. We ask, fall afresh, come stir again. Faith, dreams, and desires anew. In this moment, friends, just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to every heart.